Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue, and today we're on the airwaves with Navier Commander Vice Admiral Dean Peters to discuss our progress to date as a command and look ahead to expectations for 2019. Sir, thank you for joining us. So you assumed command of Navair last May. Since that time, what have you noticed about the organization? Well, good morning, Michael. Uh, it's good to see you again. And uh, I have had the opportunity since taking over in May to really go to all of the corners of our organization, East Coast, West Coast, even out to Japan. I guess the one thing that keeps coming back to me over and over again is just the commitment of our folks that are out there. Our people, they really want to make a contribution and they want to know how they can contribute more. In August, you released your commander's intent and we had the opportunity to talk about it on a previous podcast. So how would you describe our progress to date? In August, we talked about speed, we talked about readiness, we talked about our people, we talked about our relationships. And if I'm looking at it from a big picture standpoint and where we're going next, I think our folks are very interested in moving towards an organizational structure that gets us to be able to accomplish those. So speed, readiness, being able to stretch our workforce, better relationships, uh, and that's the mission-aligned organization that we've been talking about. So from a big picture standpoint, I think we're doing good there because we've got some energy behind that. From a performance standpoint, we're also starting to see some positive trends. At our fleet readiness centers, we've brought in some uh, experts from the commercial aviation industry. They're showing us how to do things a little bit better from a major repair and overhaul standpoint. And we're already starting to see increased production at our uh, depot lines, our, um, for all of our components. That's going very well. Uh, reduced back orders, reduced turnaround time, so that's very good. We also have some really good examples of disruptive technology coming out of our warfare centers. So I'm very pleased about that and I think we're, we're heading in the right direction. When it comes to speed and readiness, what are some of the expectations of senior leadership? Well, senior leadership has been pretty clear. Their expectations are be aggressive and don't wait. So, I mean, that's what we're trying to do also. We're trying to, all, even all of our business processes, we're re-looking re at them to see how we can be more aggressive. I've heard leadership, including yourself, use the term urgency. Why must we act with urgency? Let me just explain this in terms of my operational experience. I was telling this story just recently to someone and they were kind of amazed that this could even happen. But uh, as a, a young pilot in the fleet, out in the Persian Gulf. Uh, I was conducting operations in a helicopter, escorting reflag tankers from Kuwaiti through the Straits of Hormuz. So that mission, you know, requires, you know, a, a very tight passage of the ships and all of their escort vessels, uh, you know, in very close proximity to Iran. At the time, they had the Silkworm missile. The, you know, they were also sending out uh, small boats, uh, to, to harass the ships and to threaten the ships. So it was a very tension-filled mission. It was always done at night. At the time, we didn't have night vision goggles for Navy helicopters. So that made it even you know, more tense. And this particular mission set that we were doing, a, a new piece of gear came out. It was a radar jammer. You put it in the aircraft, it weighed about 300 pounds. And so the, the mission was to fly behind the last tanker at about 50 feet off the water. The Silkworm missile has a home-on-jam capability, so this jammer is always on. 
If the Silkworm missile was fired at the tanker, then it would home on the helicopter with the thought being that the helicopter could get away from the missile easier than the ship could uh, at 50 feet over the water at night. So pretty <laughs> high intensity mission. Part of the gear that came with that was an ESM system that was designed to alert you to when the missile was inbound. And on the very first mission that we, we took out with this particular system, we, no kidding, got lit up with this ESM system. So we did everything we were supposed to do. We turned, we hightailed it out of there, very low over the water at night, you know, expecting to be, you know, engaged by a missile at any minute. It turned out that the ESM system had actually picked up one of the radars that's used aboard the tanker. So it wasn't a, a missile at all. And that just, it, I've, I've brought that with me, you know, throughout my career thinking, you know, when we build something, when we procure something, we need it to be correct. So not just designed correctly and built correctly, but tested correctly and field and then make sure that it's supported when it gets out to the field. And that's what didn't happen in this particular situation. And that's what we need to change in our organization. And right now, we have to do that. I mean, we're still fielding equipment that have components on them that are failing at, you know, one-tenth of what their design is. And if you're in an E2D and you're in a, an alert mission high-end fight and your equipment is required and it's failing, you know, the key components of your mission equipment are failing, then that's just not good. And that's what we really need to change, and that's why there is urgency associated with speed and readiness. I think that's a story that makes it very clear why urgency is so important. How would you assess our progress in terms of urgency to date? Do you think we're on track? Well, we know where we need to go. It's taken us a while just to get a view of the landscape, really. So one of the things in particular that we, that we want to go after is quality, right? The quality of our delivered products. First of all, we want to eliminate any quality escapes associated with what we repair organically, with what our sister services repair for us organically, and what gets repaired out of the commercial aviation industry. And then we want to dramatically decrease those quality issues that we're seeing on new aircraft and new weapon systems that are delivered. So I just looked at the numbers the other day and we're in the hundreds associated with the quality escapes that we're seeing from industry on new equipment that we're delivering. So we know where we need to go, now we're at the point of figuring out, okay, how do we make this better? How, how do we, no kidding, greatly reduce those quality issues and then completely eliminate the quality escapes on the repairs? Where would you say, as a command, we have the greatest opportunity for improvement? Well, I've been thinking about this a lot, Michael, and uh, uh, opportunities for improvement kind of start with where you put your resources. We've got a little bit of an imbalance right now between, you know, folks that are directly supporting programs and folks that are indirectly supporting programs. So I think one of our big opportunities is to rebalance that. We want to put more of our really experienced folks in direct support of programs and mission. So that's where I think we're going to go next. All right, so let's look ahead into 2019. What are your expectations for this year? Well, I, I really want us to get behind the mission-aligned organization. And I'll talk a, just a little bit about that. We know what it needs to look like. We want to take the good things that are associated with our current organization, those things, you know, with workforce development, some of the processes that we've developed that we know are tried and true, we want to keep those. But then we also want to 
put the focus on the mission, rebalance, and in so doing, you know, we're going to be able to apply maximum effort towards those missionaries that, that, that are giving us the most problems. So where do we go in 2019? We get that underway. By March, we want to be operating under this new organizational construct. And then by the end of the fiscal year, we want to have everything cleaned up from our business systems that allow for timekeeping and things like that. So pretty fast pace here in January to really lay out how we do our day-to-day -day work at NAVAIR. And then in February, it starts the implementation and so that by the end of March, we, we are no kidding operating under this new construct. So it sounds like big changes coming this year. So when everything comes together, what will our organization look like in the future? First of all, I, I should have said this at the beginning. This is not my dictation of what the organization needs to look like. We've engaged our uh, command leadership team. We've brought in our entry-level employees. We've brought in folks the, from the leader development program. We've brought in our black belts. So this is a cross-section of our organization that's coming together to define what this organization looks like. We know what the attributes need to be, and we're going to build the organization around that. So what does it look like when you come out of it? I think you see NAVAIR headquarters retaining those corporate functions that are required by Title X and by other instructions. And you see more emphasis and more resources at the command level, at the PEOs, at our warfare centers, at the FRC. But you still want to retain some you know, best practices, some standards, some tools and things like that. And we'll be able to deploy that, but we're not going to direct things out of NAVAIR headquarters. NAVAIR headquarters is going to be here to make sure that the commands are successful in their mission. As we push into 2019, what is your message to the workforce? I guess the main message is embrace this. So as we change, we all know that uh, change can be difficult and that people are going to be skeptical at first. Some people will be very enthusiastic about it. Some people will be skeptical, but just take the time to understand what it's about. We've been communicating uh, via NAVAIR Connect. We're interested in the workforce's comments here. We don't answer all of them, but I think just putting those out there for everyone else to read is very helpful. So take the opportunity to provide your opinion and then just kind of embrace it. That's what I would ask from the workforce. Sir, thank you for joining us today. It looks like we have an exciting year ahead in 2019. So that's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thanks for listening.